what happens until then is that Rezbi and Beis, Shmaya Kazari, so the king says, Amar Kazari, Kvar Pasakta Biachaber, Yecharos Ha'eda Ashalei Uchal Da'chisha, you bring, brought me proofs to rise against uh, the Karaim that I can't argue with. But, Mechalakim Ha'ibalibi, Mitainus Ha'kraim, nevertheless, there are some arguments that the Karaim have that he wants to ask and get answers for. I'm worried that uh, after you've explained why I'm principled, I'm principled because the Karayim are wrong, if I'm going to bring you examples of what they say, as a question of how you're going to explain them, it's going to, it's going to anger you. So before he gets to his question, so the Khaber already jumps into answer. And Rasen Gimel, Amr Khaber. And he tells us a principle which we're going to see has a number of nafkaminas. And it says, Amr Khabir. This is quite a quite line from the Khazar. When the principle is clear, then don't look for objections from individual examples. In other words, like we say in the Gemara, that every cloud has a foot, thank you, every rule has an exception. And the exception doesn't just prove the rule, we have to explain the exception. Once you've explained the rule, which is a, a general principle as being correct, so even if we would find it in a specific instance, which we would have a question on, that doesn't disprove the rule. It just means we need to explain the example. If you'll remember, the Khazari himself, the Chaf himself, uses this example before, many times. When he spoke about how Kalish Baraka runs his world, and there the, the Chacham used the example, that if you see in principle how Kalish Baraka is running everything fairly, and how Kalish Baraka is in control, then even if a person's questions from instance that they see that they don't understand, from events which happen in their life, which they can't explain, that doesn't disprove the principle. It means that I understand the example. And the same thing is going to say over here. He says, King, you said you so conceded that I convinced you that the principle of the way that the Karayim understand Torah is wrong. It's now Eloah, you have specific examples of Sukkim, which you feel, King, that the, the Karayim's way of reading it is more correct. But then again, you can't disprove the principle because of a question. He's going to deal with the question too. But the side is that, uh, and Rashad he says the similar concept. Rashad is, which means the moon is a principle, but if the person has one point which he doesn't understand, so don't base the whole moon or your whole understanding on the one point which you have difficulty with. And uh, same thing over here. He said, you understood the principle that the Torah has to be explained in a way which is uniform and has to be explained from Moshe Rabbeinu. So therefore, in principle, the Quran are wrong. Now you have a question of apostle, as I explained it, okay, we'll deal with the Prat, but the, you can't use a Prat to disprove the Klaat. Ki harvesh yukonesh kohem hatavus. And uh, the way to read this is that the, the, a lot of people would make a mistake based on this principle, that they would have a kasha on a Prat. And because of that, they would, disprove, they would have a pro- and that is that when a person is looking for an example of a prat uh, to have a kasha on, it's not that they have a bad explanation. The principle still holds true. And what? They have a kasha on it. So what do they want to say instead? They have an alternative explanation? They don't. So all they're doing is they're making, they uh, raising problems and getting confused. 
this is the logic to explain why that's true? Pretty much. In other words, if you have a Yisrael which explains Kemet uh, everything, and you have a Kasha. So now that could, be, it could disprove the principle. But then the question is, what's your alternative? You have a better shot? When it could disprove the principle? No, that's a Kasha. Is it something which is a Kasha on the principle or a Kasha on the prep? And then he's saying, so number one, you can't use a cash in the prat to prove the principle. And besides for that, in these cases, they don't have an answer either. It's not going to be like, you have an alternative explanation. This is an example that the Kazari gave before this. Someone's already decided that the Bayra is, Tzedek is correct, is fair, is upright. And the knows everything. So that's the principle he knows that. And therefore, and then a mavit the mashu nira ba'elam in the other. And therefore, Hashem doesn't look to the what's being done falsely, dishonestly here in the world. The commission that Amar the Pasuk says, "Im oishek kudosh v'keizel mishpat v'tzerik tirvam dina." If you see cases of dishonesty, robbery, or perversion of justice in the world, I'll teach my lachayfets and don't have focus on the lachayfets and the principle Hashem is running the world. In other words. It's true, we know the principle. HaKadosh Baruch runs the world, and everything happens because he wants it to happen. Oh, a person of Kasha, why was this fair? How could that happen? How can this particular notion be Matzeach? A Kasha on a Prat doesn't do the Kla'at. We have to answer the Prat. We might, we might know the answer to the Prat in a specific example. We might not know the answer to the specific example. But one can't disprove the principle because of that. And that's, uh, that's the side that the Gazelle is saying. And like he says, therefore, the point of looking at the scope of history is to see that throughout, in hindsight, we see how Kaddish Baruch is in control. And now, after that understanding of the general picture, yes, a person might have a specific case which he doesn't understand, a specific incident which is a question to him, it doesn't disprove the rule, you just need to understand the case. He talked about this? I don't think, he's talking about it before. He's going back to it to give it as a, just as an example of what he wants to say next. A commission is very excellent, and just like if a person is, is made clear to him that the fact that the nefesh, the spiritual part, part of a person, survives when the body dies, it's not like a person is only physical, because the neshama person isn't a physical thing, it's, a, it's a, a concept which is separate from a physical body, just like a malach, which is a spiritual entity, sending the nefesh. And if that's the case, once a person understands that there's such a principle, that a person is a nefesh, which is ruchni, it's not a part of his body, it lives beyond past, when the body no longer lives, it's something which has a kriyus in its own right, and it's not part in the body. So If the nefesh works in the frame of the body, and uh, doesn't frame the body, then you ask a kasha. So then how come when a person sleeps, you don't see him doing anything. Uh, his nefesh should be awake and active. So even if his body is sleeping, why don't we see any movement which is coming from his nefesh? Um, now, is that a kasha? Um, so, the mice is it's not such a kasha. Because even when a person is sleeping, it's still alive. So the forest and the nefesh are still there. But even if it would be a kasha, that the kilo would have the hanakha that the nefesh is meant to do things on its own. And sleep is something which only affects the body. So then why don't you see people thinking or doing things when they're asleep? Okay, so you have a kasha. Does that mean therefore there's no nefesh? The, one, the kasha doesn't disprove the concept. And therefore, 
so even if it, if it would be a kasha, it wouldn't be a kasha, you couldn't answer, you can't answer it, you can't use it as an example and therefore to try and prove so you say a person doesn't have a nefesh. Why? Because it isn't an alternative. The, nefesh, the fact that the person is a nefesh and therefore that he has life and therefore he can do things and therefore he can see and he can talk and whatever else, there are uh, examples of uh, life that the person has exhibits that we've learned from the nefesh. And now because the person is a kasha, so why don't they sleep when he's sleeping? The khar is why he's sleeping not his nefesh. So why isn't he also seeing and talking and thinking when he's asleep? So what's the alternative? Therefore, you want to say that's never nefesh. So then how do you do everything the whole time? And therefore the, the question, even if it is a question, it, it doesn't disprove the principle because it, it, you don't have an alternative which will disprove the principle. Okay, so that's the, that he said that the Chacham wants to elaborate on. And they have imachoyni shem'abila machshava. Similarly, when a person is sick, as a result you can't think. So you're going to say that's never nefesh because sickness affects the body. So why, why is the person unable to think when he's sick? That's his nefesh. And therefore again, so you have a kasha. Why doesn't the person's nefesh act as normal even if he's sick or even if he's asleep? Uh, the nefesh is influenced by the nature of a person's body. And the, what, and like he says, Both like that are just going to mix a person up. Because again, it's not going to lead to a different conclusion. It's not going to come to the conclusion that therefore I've proved it isn't an nefesh. That's not that, that that's not something which you come up with either. And therefore, you don't don't that a kasha, which you don't understand specific points, disprove the principle which we know is right, and you can't work with that. And similarly, it's, it's not different to what I said before. And people say people do things like that. If they feel in some way Hashem wasn't fair to them, or they got treated too harshly, or they didn't get what they asked for. So therefore, what's the most going to come to? That is no How do you explain the entire brain? How do you explain everything else? So if this is the question, how come I was punished? How come I didn't get asked answer another one? Okay, it's a question on a point. But it doesn't therefore become a menamid that the, you have a question on the principle. I heard the same principle. That's the first. And therefore, here once the Khatam says, therefore, if you're going to ask me from Pratim where you feel that the Karam's way of reading the Pasuk, is more accurate, it doesn't make a difference because you haven't explained the principle that the Torah lends itself to contrary and multiple interpretations. So whether you can answer the individual question you have, it's not going to disprove the principle. Okay, nevertheless, here's the introduction. So says the king, Amr Ghazali, Im and massively, I already said, Rizal Nafami, and Sheespa, Midabim Khala Khalakim. I want to have answers for the Khalakim too. In other words, I'm not disagreeing. So, so, so we're not using the kasha to disprove the principle, but we're asking the kasha. We're asking the kasha. And if you can, nevertheless, if it's uh, if you can answer me, even after I'm asking for the kasha, the, the, the kings already I'm accepting that the Quran are wrong in principle. But nevertheless, I want to know how you answer the kasha that they have. Okay. So I'm rahaber. I'm That's okay. So tell me what, what where your kasha is. And uh, let's deal with the prat. And that Amr Khazari, this is about something that Chazal asked in these twelve places. The Oynish of a person, not of a Chayvel, the person who harms another person, the person of the third, the third is Amr, Ayn Dachasayn, and Ayn Furanat. Or the other part of the Kashayitzel, just like he caused damage to someone else, did the same damage to him. And the Quran is translated literally. A person knocks out an animal, like that is that. 
a person who breaks someone's leg will break his leg. The same woman he gave somebody else will give to him. And that was the way that the Quran made the Pasuk, which seems to be the bashes of the Pasuk, because that's what it says. The uh, Chachamim explained that both these things means you evaluate and you need to give them the money. Why don't you read the Pasuk of Shutta? Why do they decide that the Pasuk means that a person gives the value of an Afrani and not that a person loses the Afrani? So the Gemara of Akam at the beginning of Achoyvel has about nine or ten different Mahalchim of the Tanayim of why the Pasuk couldn't mean couldn't mean literally an eye for an eye. The one time the Gemara is because it could be that for one person it might kill him to do that, and the Torah should be punished, he shouldn't be killed. For another person, maybe he needs a more, so they have the same value. Um, and many other answers the Gemara gives of why Chazal were forced, so to speak, to uh, explain the process of Shalok of But nevertheless, the, the king is a kasha. What's the more simple reading? What's the more straightforward explanation of the process? The Chalam the Quran must say. The term is literally pays the same for the same. So Amar Chaba. So how's the Chaba going to answer? So says the Chaba. Haray Neamar by Achakin. If you're going to look at the pasuk of the Torah, the pasuk that says that you pay an ayin tachatayin, or shein tachashein, or regular tachas regular, whatever else it might be, but the next pasuk says, "Umakin nefesh b'hem yishalmena, nefesh tachas nefesh." That a person who is makia vehemo, the person who strikes an animal, who damages an animal, he has to pay for the animal, nefesh tachas nefesh. And now his question back is, how are you going to explain that? What's nefesh tachas nefesh, uh, which a person is going to pay for harming an animal? Why? Because even the Karayim wouldn't have said that a person who doesn't get killed for killing an animal. We don't pay his nefesh and nefesh to them. He says, Not even do we say that if someone damages your animal, then you can go and damage his animal. We say that you have to pay for it. So what's the nefesh tachas nefesh? What's the nefesh tachas nefesh? What, what, what are you paying back? Like for like by making him pay. Yeshua Menem is a pay for it. So what's, why is it called Nefesh Tachas Nefesh? And Ella what? Therefore it's clear from here that you see when the terrorist says the word Nefesh Tachas Nefesh, for example, it doesn't mean literally that you take away one Nefesh because of the Nefesh which was taken away. And why not? Because the person who suffered the loss doesn't gain anything by making the magic suffer a loss too. And this is one of the as far as the Gemara goes. If, if somebody went and killed my horse, that was time he killed my horse. So we say to him, you know what? 100%, we're going to take revenge to kill his horse. So I'm going to say, what does that help me exactly? Uh, I have a time that I lost my horse, I want him to pay me for a new horse. If I went and killed his horse too, so you have two poor yidn, what, what do I gain by that? It's not helping you any. And therefore, you're saying as far as the terror is, is that uh, one for the other one means use one to pay for the other one. Not that uh, I'm going to kill the one because you killed the other one, but I'm going to use the one as the means to pay for the other one. And then that rectifies the wrong. Because then a, a person lost his horse, and what you're going to do is you're going to use the value of the person who has killed the horse to pay it back. As opposed to saying, we're going to render the same damage in his horse that it did to the other guy. The Chaim Ishakar is the other. Same thing if Reuben cuts the Shimon's hand, 
I'm Iron Kafir, I'm not saying to you, yeah, Makarif is saying too, like he's saying this. Why? Because I'm the Tzeres, because it's Yonah. It doesn't help the person who's injured, who lost a hand, if you go to the Mazin, cut off his hand too. Mm-hmm. What does it help? And therefore, um, the, it's obviously Torah doesn't mean take revenge. Torah doesn't mean take revenge. That either you do the damage, will damage you. But Torah is not interested in taking revenge. Torah is interested in, what, so to speak, in some way, uh, fixing the damage which was caused. And therefore, to punish the Mazik doesn't really fix it. That's also one of the reasons why the principle of the Gemara, according to my opinion at least, and that is the halacha is you know, that's the din that a person only gets punished once for a day, because they're shot. So even if, even if a bear would carry two penalties, a person only gets punished once. Now, the rule is, in the sentence for also, that if a person is going to get punished, punished for one out of two penalties, so then the logic would be get punished for the more strict, more severe one. Because Batsim is high in both, we just can't administer both. So at least given the one which is more common. Okay. So therefore, normally, according to the first opinion of the Gemara, normally, when a person would be high, two things. A person would be high of Ramanus, and a person would be high of Marcus. And the Halakha is very short, so we only have to give him one. So which one are you going to choose to give him? So the Halakha should be, we give him one which is more common, the one which is more severe. Now, the fashion of the Gemara, what's more severe between Nominus and Malchus? So even though there's two days in the Gemara, but the fashion of the Gemara is and that Malchus is more severe. It's terrible. Making a person pay a fine is, uh, is less of a punishment than causing physical harm and physical pain. And therefore, the halakha should be that every time that a person has two things, one is money and one is Malchus, like a man like Rebbe Mishalim, because the, 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 the Malchus is the more common one. But the Gemara says, even according to that opinion, there's an exception. And that is, a person who damages his friend. Because on the one hand, there's a low tasse of harming another person. So you should get Malchus for that. Uh, we learn from Pen Yosef, the other, on the other hand, there's also a Chiyot Tashlumim, to pay him for the damage he's caused him. So he's high of two different things. So here, why is the rule different? One said the same thing. The Malchus is more common than Malchus, given the Malchus. And the answer is, because what does it help in Isaac? The fact that we say, all right, yes, you're right, 100%. You cause you damage, you're going to give him Malchus. What does it help in Isaac to give him Malchus? The same logic that he's saying here. And therefore, the point of the case is to how to restitute, how to pay back the person suffered the damage, but to say, you're going to harm the magic doesn't do anything. And therefore, he's saying that before we get to Explaining the pasuk, the the Quran's way of explaining the pasuk wasn't logical. Wasn't logical to damage one person because he damaged somebody else. That's taking revenge, maybe, but it doesn't help anything. So why would he do that? Same. It makes no sense that there would be halacha that we'd add to the halacha not just a nefesh tachas nefesh. Or ayin tachas ayin, but also pesa tachas pesa vechaber tachas chaber, which is it says also in the pasuk. It doesn't mean that he burns his friend will burn him. He bruises his friend will bruise him. There's not. It's not even a. If you're going to say that the actual damage that he caused, he lost, his friend lost an eye, will take away his eye. Okay, we're not trying to cause revenge, but at least there's under some correlation between them. We're just going to say, look, you know, you cause him a bruise, we'll give you a bruise. What's uh, it's meaningless? So the Torah wouldn't do that. Therefore, ech nuchal asharizeh. 
Shem and Yamas Echad Mehem. So the Yamas Echad, we come back this is the second thing the Gemara says, and that is also, it might not be the same. Maybe one person is stronger than the other one. And therefore, the Nizak, he suffered a loss of an eye or a broken hand, whatever it might be, and he, he can survive it. Whereas the Mazak, if you go, now go and take out his eye or break his hand, maybe he'll die. In which case, it's also not equal. And then, how can you work out if you're going to administer the same kind of punishment to another person? That he's going to suffer the same way. He's not going to suffer less, he's not going to suffer more. If a person only has one eye and he, he attacks the person with two eyes and has in one eye, so you're going to sit and think about your remaining eye. The loss of one eye when a person only has one is way different to the loss of one eye when a person has two. Now you made it blind. Because we show you one ואתה <laughs> Uh, as it seems to say, it wouldn't be further would be a, a fair way to do it justice, and also it's not always the same. So you're not giving back the same as the person got. And therefore he says, This is besides which also what we don't have to see. You don't have to go into all the practice. Once I already told you the principle, which you, which is proved that there's a messiah in Torah which comes from. Moshe Ben and then the, all the various stories with all the Gdur and the Chachma they transfer to the Torah to the next door. So we understand that the way they tell us the Torah means it makes more sense. In this particular example, it's not even logical the Quran was saying, but he says, I don't have to go into that. The Moshe Atta understood that's not the Torah. Now, this then, this then, that when it comes to uh, Nezek, so we could understand, like the Gemara says already, and the Khazari quotes part of the Gemara, that it wasn't a logical option to say that the Torah would say, uh, take out the eye of the, of the Mazik because he was Mazik, the eye of the Nezek. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we understand. Yes. But uh, at the same time, we could have asked the question, why don't you say something? Instead of saying, Ain Takasayin, Shen Takasayin, Regal Takasayin, whatever it is, so that you have to pay for it. Just like it says in the post, or whatever the lesson is going to be. So what's the what's the Torah alluding to by telling us there should be a shot of an eye for an eye and whatever else is going to be? If, if it doesn't mean literally, and all you mean to want to say is that the person has to pay, so just say something. That you have to pay for an essay. What, what, what do you need the whole elaboration for? What do you need the whole elaboration for? So the answer has to be that Chazal understood from here it's not just the dinner to pay, but we also pratim in how to pay, and how much a person has to pay. And therefore, when the Torah says you have to pay for the value of his eye or his or his leg or his uh, injury, whatever you caused him, so it's not just the standard that this is the value of an eye or this is the value of an injury. It's, in each case, you have to assess what's the value of his injury which is how you work in Zikki. 
as opposed to a knas, the Torah gives us 50, uh, an, an animal is going to an Eved, you pay 30 kasif, 30 shkali kasif. How much is Eved worth? More, less, it doesn't make a difference, the Torah is to fee. Mashiach, when it comes to Nezek, so the Torah doesn't just say pay. The Torah says you have to pay in the context of the Nezek that a person did. And therefore, if a person was doing a profession where he needs his eyes much more, then the damage was much bigger. To somebody who is in a profession, he doesn't need his eyes so much. And uh, therefore, the the amount of the hezek is going to be individualized. It's not a general hezek. Uh, so once the Torah told us that it means you have to pay, uh, doesn't then and not suffer injury yourself. Now the Torah says that the way you pay is to replace what the person lost. What's his eye, and what's his kfir, and what's his chabur, and what's his nezek, whatever, his regal, whatever the case is, that's, that, that's what has to be paid for. It isn't a, like a general ballpark figure, this is the amount you pay for any kind of nezek. Okay, so that's the, that, this is one of the, the, the arguments of the karam always, and that is why the nefeshach is nefesh literally means an eye for an eye, or a soul for a soul, whatever it's going to be. And like I said, the Qatar explains firstly it can't be because by making nefesh behemoth, there's definitely no logic in killing the animal nefesh of his, so it can't mean literally. And besides, it's not logical, like I said before, because it doesn't help the magic, the nizah. And the last point is, therefore, we have to say that even here we were in the Kabbalah because we don't have an alternative explanation. We don't have an alternative explanation. The alternative, so to speak, doesn't make sense. And therefore, we left without having to say that yeah, even if the process is not like a uh, we have to expect Chazal's explanation and, uh, and interpret the process like that. That's the that's the kasha that the king had. That's the Kuzari's answer to it. The answer to it. Interesting. So the last one talk about that he mentions two different shots in the Gemara. The one shot in the Gemara is, and that is that when it says never shach is never the reason it doesn't mean literally is because maybe the effect of one will be much more than the effect of the other. He only has one eye, I said before. The other thing the Gemara said is, maybe we'll kill him. Maybe, and therefore, definitely didn't mean to kill one person because of the other person. So those are the two of the third of the Gemara that the Kazari says quite here as part of his argument. The Gemara was not more results. That's more of the study of why it's not logical that the third means literally um, which is like had his eye or punished in the same way that he punished. But he said because only wanted that these two things fit into the, the the point he's trying to prove, and that is to say a chat in the pasuk, which isn't logical, even if it's more, so to speak, a simple reading of the pasuk, can't be. It doesn't make sense. And if it is like explained when it came to the first assignment, it's not from Machas means Sunday. Yes, it's a simple reading of the pasuk, but it can't be. It doesn't make sense. Which Sunday? Which sign? Instead of just saying you're in the sign, which one? So therefore it can't be that the Pasuk went. Same thing over here. The, he's trying to bring the right to prove that it can't be the Torah meant literally an eye. For an eye, even that's the Meshmas of the Pasuk. And therefore, since it's not logical, it's not a possibility, therefore we're forced to explain the Pasuk in a different way.